Welcome to the Time of Your Life, brought to you by the Seniors Association Kingston Region. This is your program talking about everything under the sun for seniors, from health and lifestyle to entertainment, travel, and much, much more. You're listening to the Time of Your Life on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Elizabeth McDonald. Time of Your Life. I'm here today with Amy Booth, who is a physiotherapist and the instructor of Dance for Parkinson's here in Kingston. Amy, more and more people are discovering or being diagnosed as living with Parkinson's disease. We know that it's a progressive disease that affects the nervous system, that affects how you move, things like balance. How does dance help somebody who's living with Parkinson's? Well, we're finding out more and more that movement and exercise is hugely beneficial for people with Parkinson's. In fact, many, many doctors are, are prescribing exercise as an important part of an individual's um, treatment for Parkinson's disease um, or managing symptoms for living with it. So dance is a wonderful tool because it can help to address some of the cardinal symptoms that people exhibit when they have Parkinson's disease, like postural instability, as you said, um, something that we call bradykinesia, which is a slowness of movement. Um, many people exhibit a tremor, which we can put into movement as well, and stiffness in the, in the body in general. So dance is a way for people to move their body to music and use their voices and, and to try and create more flexibility, more muscular endurance, um, strength, and also have fun to be in a, a group of people who are, who are moving to the same music is a wonderfully therapeutic tool. Now you're talking about dance as physical activity. Dance is also an art form, mm -hmm. a way to express oneself creatively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big part of our class too, is using the music to allow communication to express yourself, how you're feeling, to tell a story. Um, one of the really important parts of the class is to use imagery and to create, to give movement a purpose so that instead of just lifting your arm up, maybe you're painting the wall a brilliant color, or giving, giving a, a story and suggestion to each gesture that you're doing. Mm -hmm. How did you yourself get involved in Dance for Parkinson's? Well, my grandfather had Parkinson's disease, so it's always been something that I've I've been very close to in my life, and uh, I've always loved ballet as well. So I I was a former dancer who turned into a physiotherapist, and I left my my dance world behind, and I missed it terribly. And when I heard about this program, I immediately thought that it would be a, a perfect fit for someone like me who has a love of dance and a love of. Um, learning about neurological conditions and helping people to move better. Mm -hmm. And and what are you learning as you as you lead this program? Oh, I'm learning what a wonderful time we can have together. Mm -hmm. I think dance is a tool for it's it's a community event. You know, we we gather in a circle and we have an opportunity to to look at one another and to to move together having a group of people doing similar movements to the same music or even completely different movements to the same music is very enriching to me to see that happen. Um, 
I'm also learning what a what a great tool the the movement can be to help people with Parkinson's disease, and it's thought that perhaps the music is can be used as an external cue to help people move. So if someone is is frozen in space, the music may trigger another part of the brain that allows the movement mm-hmm. to bypass the area that has mm-hmm. been affected. So by us giving thought to our movement and practicing tasks again and again, we can get better at them. And that's the case for somebody with Parkinson's disease too. So if we think about our movement and make it big and expansive, then there's hope that that can also be carried over into their day-to-day life if they use those cues again. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the interesting aspects of your program is that you have many people living with Parkinson's, yes, And you have others, family members, friends, allies, companions. You've got a really mixed group of people Mm -hmm. in that circle that gathers week by week. What does having that kind of mix, what what impact does that have? Oh, I think it's wonderful to have an an event or something to do that's fun. And the dance can be fun for people with Parkinson's, but also for their friends and loved ones. And it's something that they can do together. And it allows for physical contact as well. So you can hold on to a person's hand and and communicate with them in a way that you don't have to talk. You don't have to be caring for one another you're you're together doing something that's fun and and really I run the class as a as a dancer not a physiotherapist because I don't want it to be therapy I want it to be a fun opportunity a social outing a reason to get together with friends and um, maybe I trick people into doing some exercise at the same time now you run this program week by week and in recent weeks, have been involved in a very special project looking ahead to the Fifth World Congress on Parkinson's. That's set for early June in Kyoto, Japan. Mm -hmm. And as I understand it, the theme of the conference, given that it's happening in Japan, is soaring with hope. Mm -hmm. And that calls to mind the ancient Japanese teaching that if you fold a thousand cranes out of paper using that wonderful Japanese technique of origami paper folding. If you fold a thousand cranes, then your wish, your hope, your prayer will be granted. So the whole Congress, which is going to bring together people from around the world, including several people from Eastern Ontario, the uh, the whole Congress is going to pick up this theme, uh, soaring with hope. Uh, but associated with it is a dance project. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the dance project. Well, I, I received an email several months ago from a woman named Clara Kluge, and she and two other women had met at, I think, the Parkinson's Congress in Portland and decided that they wanted to do a project together. So Clara is the artist of the group, and they decided that they would do a, a Soaring with Hope exib- exhibition. And so they decided to have people from all over the world send in paper cranes with messages of hope on them and hope from people with Parkinson's or people that have a loved one with Parkinson's or that have a a wish that they wanted to have granted by this great crane. And so they've created this exhibit and decided to, to also offer to the public 
to submit a dance in honor of um, of this exhibition, inspired by the cranes. A dance, mm-hmm. a dance. So, what's hap- What's been happening here in Kingston? So, I was so excited when I found out about this, and I thought our little group would love to put something together. So, I I emailed Clara and told her we'd like to to do a dance. And a few weeks later, I got this lovely box in the mail with some of the most beautiful cranes mm. I've ever seen mm-hmm. and was so touched and inspired and, and brought them to our class. And I had sent a message out to the, to the dancers in the class to see if anyone would be interested. And um, many people were. And one, uh, one of our, our dancers who's been with me from the beginning, he and his wife folded many cranes and brought them in the next week and gave one to everybody to take home. So already I could see how this project was touching the members of the group and also myself and my children at home. We were talking about cranes and folding them and, mm-hmm. and getting excited. So what I started to realize is that it would be really fun to bring the children into this dance. And so we decided to, to use some, some local kids, some of my children and their friends, to dance with people with Parkinson's as well as some wonderful volunteers and, and create our dance together. And what did you decide to do in terms of music? We used a wonderful piece of music um, called Haruno Hana. And it's, it, it talks about the messages of hope. And it talks about the tulip, which is the flower of, of Parkinson's disease. And it was a fun fun choice for me. It was one of the choices offered by the um, Crane Dance Project on their website. But I liked it because it had lyrics. And I spent some time with the children in previous weeks um, teaching them the song and learning it so that we could sing it together as well. Because singing and and using your voice is another very important part of um, Parkinson's disease therapy mm-hmm. because sometimes people's voices get a little bit lower in amplitude. Mm-hmm. So singing can be a wonderful way to, to try and um, get those voices nice and strong. So you worked with the children with the music. You choreographed the piece. What was it like for you when you brought everyone together and brought this vision to life. Well, it was it was so wonderful actually and I I owe a lot to my volunteers who helped me make this make this project happen. Um I was a little intimidated at first at the idea, not being sure how everyone would mesh together, but we did a little warm up in a circle and the children were holding hands with with my Parkinson's dancers and Already I could just feel that sense of community come to life and everyone was so accepting of one another and we had some laughs and did a, a fun warm up and and then we just worked together to create this dance. And although I did choreograph it, I think it evolved and, and changed in a way that was really beautiful and a lot of support from both the children and also my dancers with Parkinson's disease. They had some lovely ideas that we used to make it happen. So I can't take the credit alone for for the dance at all. Well, while you were uh, while this was evolving and you were working with your dancers, it was also being videotaped. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we had someone from um, Spot On Media come and and do a little video footage for us, and he did a wonderful job and and took some photos and and was very connected with with the movement and with Parkinson's disease himself, as I found out, he also has a, con- a family connection to, 
Two Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Which makes a difference. Yeah. So what happened when the video was done? What what happened to the video? So we've submitted it to Clara and it's um, you can find it on YouTube now. And it is being compiled with, I think, 300 minutes or five hours of video that's been submitted from over 17 countries around the world. 17 countries Mm -hmm. around the world. I wonder how many people, do they have any idea of how many people have taken part in this uh, crane dance project? Well, I think they're saying somewhere over 1,500 dancers. So it's, it's had a huge, a huge response, which is so wonderful. And they're, they're compiling the videos and then they're going to be showing them at the Cranes for Hope exhibition in Kyoto at the, at the Congress. So all the people who go to the Congress will be able to see some Kingston dancers uh, as part of this larger, uh, this larger project. Mm -hmm. And as you say, it's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So there is the opportunity. Anything else up to come out of this project? Well, I think there's been such a response from the, from the community. And I know after our, our filming and, and just revisiting what it meant to me to be a part of, I sent Clara an email and, and just thanked her for offering this project to us because I felt that it inspired me to do more and made our group reach outside the box of our, of our ordinary class and and to come together and, and do something was really wonderful. So she said that there had been an outpouring of those kinds of notes and she's hoping to put together a book on the, on the project and maybe some follow up and, and see how, how this project has affected different people from around the world. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a message that I think many, many of us would benefit from hearing because I think there is still a fair bit of fear about Parkinson's disease mm-hmm. and uh, in a sense that, oh my gosh, is, is life over if you get that kind of diagnosis? But listening to you talk about uh, dancing and Parkinson's, I'm really hearing you putting the emphasis on living mm-hmm. with Parkinson's. Absolutely, and there's, you know, I, I think, I think there's such an opportunity with a diagnosis like Parkinson's to, to do some, some work on being more active and being a part of the community and and continuing to move as much as possible, and just being being together with other people in the in the same situation. Amy Booth, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It was lovely talking to you. If you'd like to see the Kingston Parkinson's Dancers video, go to YouTube, search Cranes for Hope Dance Project, and scroll down the entries. Kingston was one of the first submissions. And if you'd like to find out more about Parkinson's Dance in Kingston, contact Amy Booth at parkinsonsdance.kingston at gmail.com. Now let's listen to the song that was used to choreograph the Kingston entry in the project that is part of the 5th World Parkinson's Congress set for this June in Kyoto, Japan. You see hope when you see
some information about Parkinson's from the Mayo Clinic in the U.S. Hello, I am Dr. Eric Oskog from the Mayo Clinic. I'm a neurologist at the Mayo Clinic. I am active in the section of movement disorders where we see a lot of people with Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's disease is a very common disorder. There are about a million people in the United States with Parkinson's disease, and that makes up a big portion of our practice in the movement disorders clinic. What is Parkinson's disease? This is a neurodegenerative condition that commonly occurs in people middle-aged and beyond. Sometimes it occurs in younger people, such as the people that are in the public domain, Muhammad Ali, Michael J. Fox, and others, but most often it occurs later in life. Parkinson's disease being a neurodegenerative condition Uh, develops without a known cause, although there is rather substantial research that is focusing on the cause of Parkinson's disease, and we will talk more about that in a few minutes. However, the focus in the movement disorders clinic here, as at other major medical centers and clinics, is to treat the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, which we can do fairly well up to a point. Not everything is perfectly responsive, Sometimes later in life there are other problems that get superimposed, but I think overall we do pretty well treating both the movement problems of Parkinson's disease as well as some of the antecedent conditions that occur with it. 
What are the movement problems? Well, the problems that everyone knows about are tremor, although it turns out that the majority of tremor conditions are not due to Parkinson's disease, but other disorders. The most common uh, tremor condition is a condition called essential tremor. So if someone has tremor, that doesn't necessarily mean they have Parkinson's disease. And in fact, it is more likely they have tremor due to something else. Tremor is just one of the components of Parkinson's disease. Also, often keeping company with that is slowness of movement, which physicians call bradykinesia, stiffness of the limbs that physicians call rigidity, as well as gait problems. Sometimes there is imbalance, but the prototypic gait problem is a slowed shuffling gait with reduced arm swing. Also, a component of Parkinson's disease relates to loss of many automatic movements that are performed without even thinking about it, such as blinking or swinging your arms when you walk or gesturing when you talk. Those things tend to get attenuated with Parkinson's disease. On the other hand, all of those things that I've just described tend to respond really quite well to the medications that we have to treat Parkinson's disease. And that's, that's the good news, and that's gratifying for both physicians as myself as well as patients. Sometimes down the road and to variable extents, other problems occur. Not all of the motor symptoms and movement symptoms respond perfectly. They respond much better during the early years after 10, 15, or 20 years. They're not as complete in their response and that relates to the natural history of Parkinson's disease. Also, there's a portion of people who over time develop some problems of their autonomic nervous system. What is the autonomic nervous system? The autonomic nervous system is that internal nervous system that regulates blood pressure, pulse, bowel movements, and all of those internal things that we don't think about but occur automatically. So, with passage of time, some people with Parkinson's disease get constipated. In fact, a lot of people with Parkinson's disease are constipated. They may have trouble passing their urine or controlling their urine. They may have problems with their blood pressure plummeting to low levels when they stand up. These are treatable conditions, but the treatment is different than what doctors use to treat the movement problems of Parkinson's disease. What else occurs in Parkinson's disease? Well, there's a portion of people that develop thinking and memory problems, and that happens over time. Usually that's not present in their early years, but happens as one ages and uh, years pass. That is less treatable, but there are medicines that help with that, as well as the occasional complications from medications plus Parkinson's disease, such as hallucinations and delusions. Fortunately, those are fairly treatable most of the time, but obviously this gets more and more complicated and challenges physicians if these problems are occurring together. What about research into Parkinson's disease? Well, it turns out that to date we do not have good medicines where there is any proof of slowing the progression of Parkinson's disease. But I should mention that with the advent of the primary medicine that was used to treat Parkinson's disease at the very inception of this modern era, levodopa or carbidopa levodopa, brand name Cinemet, every study that's looked at longevity found a substantial increase in longevity time locked to the initiation of levodopa therapy back about 40 years ago. So that's very gratifying and presumably 
levodopa, carbidopa levodopa is not getting at the underlying problem that causes Parkinson's disease, but it's mobilized people, kept them active, and that uh, ability, excuse me, to remain active throughout the course of their life has added rather remarkably to longevity. So, for example, here in Olmsted County, Minnesota, where the Mayo Clinic is located, the longevity rates based on actuarial tables are reduced only about three years with Parkinson's disease. So that's pretty good, I think. For example, if uh, your actuarial prediction indicates that you would live to about age 81, as a lot of ladies would live to, uh, you might only live to age 78. So that's still pretty close, although it's not quite on, on target. What about research directed at what causes Parkinson's disease? Well, there is a, uh, a remarkable set of discoveries that I think now are making at least me optimistic that we are on the right track to discover the cause. There is a protein that is a natural protein that accumulates in the brains of people with Parkinson's disease. We don't identify this uh, by way of any tests, but if people die from whatever they die from and one looks at their brains, you can see an accumulation of this natural protein called alpha-synuclein. And it's thought that the aggregation of natural alpha-synuclein plays a fundamental role in what causes Parkinson's disease. The research that's ongoing is now directed at refining our understanding of that, and if it does turn out to be alpha-synuclein, then there hopefully will be strategies for preventing the aggregation and reducing the production. Uh, where is that occurring? Well, at many centers around the world, at Mayo, Scottsdale, Jacksonville and Rochester, there's substantial research that's directed at this overall uh, problem. Uh, Mayo Jacksonville's bench researchers have had a number of very important discoveries that have focused on alpha-synuclein, and with the epidemiology research that's being done here in Rochester, we have collaborated with our colleagues at the other two Mayo centers and uh, work is proceeding that hopefully someday will translate into an effective treatment for not just slowing the progression of Parkinson's disease, but halting the progression and returning people to normality. Thank you very much for listening. You have been listening to The Time of Your Life, presented by the Seniors Association Kingston Region. For 40 years now, the association has been keeping seniors busy with scores of programs and activities at the Senior Center on Francis Street. The Time of Your Life is produced by volunteers on behalf of the Seniors Association Kingston Region.